Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yes, ma'am, you have woken up to a Friday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby. That is right. Rodby, what's that make it? A freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it, Ric Flair, woo! Football Friday edition of Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby. And it's raining out. It's mm-hmm. uh, cooler off. Oh. It's football season. Week three for the Longhorns. Feels like week fall. two of the NFL opened last night with a good good football game. Um, we'll certainly uh, talk about high school football last night, dodging raindrops and uh, lightning bolts and all kinds of things. Uh, it's going to be a good Friday. We have a lot to do. Pennant races in Major League Baseball, football aplenty, and uh, all kinds of conversations to be had as we launch a Friday. Uh, 15 September. Payday for a lot of folks, too, in addition to being Friday, which is a good thing. Uh, including our producer, Ty Henderson, through the glass. Yours truly and you, Rod, as we launch a Friday here on Ian, Rod, uh, Ian Rodby. Hook them up. Appreciate you being there wherever you find us. Uh, we make it as easy as possible or give you as many options as possible on 1019 on the FM dial. Also on AM 1260, of course, and digitally, our digital numbers on the stream uh, through the roof these days, and we appreciate that very, very much. Everybody tuning in uh, around Central Texas, all over Texas, all over the world, trying to keep up with these Longhorns who are rising in the polls and trying to do something tomorrow night they haven't done in more than a decade, and that's start of season 3-0. 3-0, baby. I believe it's been since 2012, Rod? Uh, It feels like that, yes. I I I felt every year, every season of that, yes, I felt I'll run down some numbers for you. It's been a bit since the Longhorns started a season 3-0. They can do so tomorrow night. They are heavy favorites over the Wyoming Cowboys on what is kind of a lackluster Saturday of college football, but we'll find some good ones. Also, week two of the National Football League. You also can find us, of course, on our website. If you want to watch the program, you have two options. You'd like to uh, watch shows like ours. Uh, We've got the camera set up, and we're here. You can go to our Twitch channel at our website at hornfm.com. You can also just listen there at the stream of the website, Twitch or stream at hornfm.com. And, of course, our YouTube channel growing as well. Appreciate you subscribing to that at the Horn Austin, Rod B. And it's going to be a good one. We had some fun with uh, Patrick Davis out at Wings Up Mm -hmm. last night getting ready for the football game. And uh, had about a 45-minute commute in the rain home to South Austin. It was okay. uh, treacherous out there. Did you get Man. home safe? I did get home. It took a little bit longer, but that's all right because we need the rain. So I'm not going to complain about no, it. No, me either. And Austinites have never been I love y'all, by the way, because uh, y'all are my people. But they've never been able to drive in the rain. It always turns into a bit of a, a fuster cluck when, oh my when, gosh. when it rains in Austin. I don't know. For some reason, that's just the way it is. I got I got friends who work at like repair shops, and when they do, and they always say like, "Oh, after it rains, they get a ton oh, show of up. flood of business from from basically yeah, one of our... bis, you know from vehicles that have been in wrecks and stuff like that." Yeah. yeah. Tons of um, yeah. Well, I, I told you yesterday. I'm, I'm headed up to Dallas for a wedding tomorrow evening, and the. Uh, the, the father of the groom, his good friend, he runs and is in charge of, what, five or six, maybe seven uh, classic collision collisions. Repair places? Classic yeah. collisions around mm-hmm. Central Texas, and he is uh, very busy, uh, to say the least. And uh, speaking of Fuster Clucks, uh, let me introduce you to Ty Henderson, our producer's <laughs> stomach this morning. This is not good. Oh, no. Yeah, if you uh, were guts? listening yesterday, we had Ty Henderson oh, attempting, right. voluntarily, by the way, to do a wing challenge, yeah, wings up, and try to, try to eat as many ghost pepper wings Ooh. as he could, and apparently that's not sitting well. Oh, no. Uh, didn't go well. The challenge was not met. 
Uh, pretty, close. pretty feeble attempt, as a matter of fact. But in the end, hey, here even, <laughs> Oh, the man's hurting over here. Like, you know, pride, a, his I, pride's hurting too. I'm good for the most part. I got I I threw, I threw up this morning. Oh good. no! But, no, but you only ended up up like well, four and a half wings out of twenty five. Which, by the way, it's absurd 25. to ask anybody to drink eat twenty five wings in ten minutes, even if they were weren't hot rod. Five? You said you ate five? He ate uh, four. Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm with you. That, that's impossible. It's impossible. Get, it doesn't matter if they're just regular it's wings. It's like Kobayashi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 10 minutes, matter, 25 yeah. wings. Ooh. You're making a mess. Well, thank you, Ty. Uh, we appreciate oh, the, co- the commitment to the bit. You commit to the bit. That's the thing. you got to commit to the bit, and that is a commitment to the bit. Thank some you, of the best, Some of the best service I've ever had, though. Those people are so great. They, they were running waters out there, too many sprites. <laughs> they were like, what do you want, grapefruit juice? What do you want? Do you You're want trying. They brought me a piece of <laughs> chocolate cake out. They're like, here you go, just Eat this. Yeah, some like, of the staff who were oh, there great. for when there Ty, Ty tried this in the lunch hour yesterday. This wings is Wings Up, up we're talking about. Yeah, yes, on 41st, right there in the Hancock Center. Uh, H-E-B great, great air, spot. Right across from like the Twin Liquors and Joe's. Yeah. Uh, so you were there in lunch hour, and they were saying it was really crowded. It was busy. They had their big lunch rush. Yeah, I was kind of a, a I was like a little bit of an attraction for everybody in the restaurant. <laughs> I thought about that as you guys left yesterday. I was like, you probably That's might want to wait till middle of the afternoon when it dies down a little bit. But uh, no, people loved it. People were like, oh yeah, entertainment. You it's were entertainment there. while I eat. I mean, looking at me like I was crazy, but I, I mean, it was. It, it was pretty bad. I, I did not expect those wings to be that hot. If, if you think you can eat hot wings, you should go try those. Ghost so the pepper. Ghost pepper wings. Okay. Well, they're hotter than fire in the whole wings? Yes. Ooh. By a lot. Are wow. they, because uh, you've done this before, correct? You, I, I haven't done this challenge. Not, not that, wings that up. particular one. Not at yeah. wings up, but you've done it other but places. But you've done other wing challenges. Yes. Okay. Wow. And Brable. So they got and this that, one, that, And this one, you said was the toughest. That's the easily. Mount Everest, then. That's the Mount yeah, Everest. I mean, if you, if you go on our Instagram or Twitter or YouTube and look at the video, you can see my face. When, <laughs> when it hits, I instantly get sweaty and start crying. Well, so, okay, so you threw up this oh. morning. I'm far, sorry for that. Did you eat anything else yesterday? No, we, we apologize, man. That's yeah. I made steak hibachi. What the man? You are a machine. (laughs) You're just a garbage disposal. You 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 ate the ghost pepper wings and didn't feel well, and then ended up like the whole. So all I had eaten the whole day was those like four ghost pepper. That's probably a bad. That was probably and then like halftime of uh, of. Thursday night football. I was like, oh man, I'm pretty hungry. My stomach's like nine hurt. o'clock. I ate like half of it. Went to bed. Woke up this morning at yeah. about three, and yeah, had some issues. But probably I'm feeling need, a little bit better now. I need a salad. Yeah, yeah. seriously. I'm gonna mix in an energy like what a protein <laughs> shake or something. Something like that. Oh uh, man, veg- hey. a vegetable shake. Appreciate your commitment to the bit. Yeah, it well, was it was thoroughly entertaining. I it, it was. It and was. I'm gonna watch it. It's thoroughly entertaining. So go check it out. You can check out the oh, horn. Man. The Horn Twitter account, Instagram, wow. all of those various spots you can see Ty. Ty's working hard for y'all, man. Destroy his stomach. Destroy uh, his and stomach. And he's here this morning. Look at your him. entertainment. Trooper. Can we get you caught up on the news of the morning? <laughs> then we're talking Texas football and the big weekend on tap. Let's get it. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring it to you. Start with Texas football. The now fourth-ranked Horns looking to open their season, as we said, 3-0 and for the first time in more than a decade tomorrow night. They host 2-0 and Wyoming. At DKR, not only the Longhorns on the rise in the national polls off their big win at Bama, they're also pretty healthy. Headed into week three during his weekly Thursday availability with the media, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian said freshman running back C.J. Baxter's availability will be a game-time decision ahead of tomorrow night's 7 o'clock kick. True freshman from Florida has been the starter in each of the first two games for Texas, but has failed to finish either. Left the Rice game in week one with just five carries and a rib issue. Then last week had 11 carries for 31 yards, caught four passes for 21, but was seen hobbling off the field after the game. On uh, television, Coach Sark also said yesterday linebacker Maurice Blackwell has made tremendous strides in his practice this week, but also described the junior from Arlington as a game-time decision. Those were the only two injuries 
Sark talked about. We'll hear more from Coach Sark throughout the morning here on Hook 'em Up. And remember, tune in or come join the Horn tomorrow afternoon for our Texas Game Day pregame show. Rod B. and Patrick Davis live from the Mockingbird Saloon on Guadalupe between 26th and 27th, going live at 4.30. NFL went live last night for week two. Kicked off a Thursday night football in Philadelphia. Reigning NFC champion Eagles hoisted their banner and then took down the mistake pro Minnesota Vikings 34-28. Jalen Hurts ran for a pair of one-yard touchdowns on the tush push at the goal line. Also threw a 63-yard strike to Devontae Smith. DeAndre Swift, the back uh, running back, ran for 175 yards and a score. Eagles now 2-0 on the young season. Minnesota, meanwhile, 0-2 despite a 364-yard four-touchdown pass night from their quarterback, Kirk Cousins. They fumbled the ball and lost four fumbles in the game, including one by all-pro receiver Justin Jefferson at the end zone pylon right before the half. It was a huge swing in that game. Full week two slate set for Sunday, including the Houston Texans hosting Indianapolis and their home opener at noon. Same for the Dallas Cowboys. Their home opener welcoming Zach Wilson in the New York Jets to AT&T Stadium. That's a 325 kick. A couple of injury concerns for Dallas. Wide receiver Brandon Cooks and left guard Tyler Smith did not practice yesterday. Cooks reportedly dealing with a minor knee sprain. Smith dealing with hamstring issues. They will see if they play Sunday. First, uh, Major League Baseball, Texas Rangers. What a week for them. Their September surge continued. Corey Seager homered, drove in three more runs. Jonah Heim hit a solo dinger. Texas routed Toronto 9-2 to complete a four-game sweep of the Jays north of the border. First place, Houston was off, so the Rangers now trail the Astros by a half game in the AL West. Seattle is um, a game and a half back in that division. The sweep also moves Texas into the second wild card spot in the American League. Half game up on the Mariners. They open a weekend series in Cleveland tonight. Houston's in Kansas City for three this weekend. Seattle is home to the Dodgers. Tough night at the Dell Diamond for Round Rock. The Express, they dropped both games of a doubleheader to Las Vegas. They'll now trail the Aviators by two games in the PCL second half standings. Those two will play three more tonight through the weekend at Dell Diamond. Uh, Austin FC on the road Sunday night facing the Portland Timbers. An absolute must-win match according to head coach Josh Wolf. Uh, Austin 9-12-6 on the year, currently 10th in the Western Conference standings with seven matches left. They've claimed, they haven't claimed three points and a win since mid-July. Thursday night high school football last night. Several games postponed or delayed because of the weather, but Lake Travis blanked Aikens, 37-zip. Lamb passes top Pflugerville-Conley, 36-28. And a good one, McCallum beat Crockett, 37-22. Converse Judson beat Hutto, 29-19. Remember tonight here on the Horn, the 3-0 Vandergriff Vipers open their district schedule on the road at Stony Point. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. I told you, if there's any team that was primed for regression, it's the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, 11-0 in one-score games a year ago. Yeah, just, just all, all the stats, right? They were 11-0 in one-score games. Eight of their 11 one-score wins required a fourth-quarter comeback, which is also you don't get that many in a season. First team in NFL history last season to win 13 games and have a negative point differential. That's really hard to do. They just had a lot. And by the way, uh, Kirk Cousins actually had one of his worst seasons actually as a starter last season, which is crazy. They had a lot of fourth-quarter comebacks, but he did not have an elite season compared to uh, his previous seasons so they were just you know prime for regression Dalvin Cook no longer there they want to build their their offensive identity around the passing game which I mean the passing game looked good Justin Jefferson got over 150 yards receiving Kirk Cousins actually played a great game but I don't know if that's a winning recipe uh, for Minnesota no well against that Philadelphia secondary versus you know their their front seven you're going to try to pass against the Eagles and not run but you got to protect your quarterback and that was one of the big fumbles was that when the game turned when it was early in the second half, just a tomahawk chop from Josh Sweat off the edge uh, because the game was close. I mentioned uh, Justin Jefferson, the all-pro receiver, 
was was going to score a touchdown right before the half. It was 10-7 at the time, and he had one of those try to reach out for the goal line, but the ball popped out and it went over the pylon, which, of course, one of the worst turnovers in football because it takes points off the board, but it turns into a touchback for the other team. So, no, you can't even kick a field goal there, right? The ball goes over to the Eagles. Then they start the second half with, you know, the the long bomb to Javon. So a close game gets blown out because you don't score there. And then to start the second half, the long bomb to Devontae Smith, and then the, the strip sack fumble into a quick touchdown, and all of a sudden you're down three scores. Yeah, they got that, man. They got a bomb and to start off the, the game, and then the, the bomb to start off the second half. Too. Yeah, they, they covered, though. Well, uh, what did the line yeah. end up? Because it was six, six and a half. I know it was close. I mean, it ended up six. It was six and a half. What, oh, so the who covered? The Vikings? The Vikings covered. That's, uh, a, that's okay. a backdoor cover because TJ Hawkinson scored a touchdown and caught a touchdown late in the game, and then they tried the onside kick if you I didn't think start my, to see uh, it. My Sex Panther pick is. Doing pretty well. I think it might be undefeated this week. Hey, took, it's better than 60% of the time. It was a backdoor cover for sure. Go. And the number that stands out the most for the Eagles. Was and DeAndre Swift. Well, they ran for 260 yards. Was DeAndre Swift. It was yeah. 175 of that. Yeah. Was, <laughs> 40 that, for Boston Scott, 35 for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, the DeAndre Swift thing, that, that stands out. They couldn't, they couldn't stop the running game. They just couldn't. 260. Uh, meanwhile, the Vikings themselves <laughs> rushed for 28. 28. Uh, they yeah, safe the, to say they missed Dalvin Cook a little bit, and they couldn't push at all that uh, – that Eagles front. DeAndre Swift ran for a career high. Best rushing game he's ever had in his career. Yeah. <laughs> On 28 carries, he had 175 rushing yards. That was his first start for the Eagles. So, remember, a lot of people were concerned about, oh, man, uh, the Eagles, you know, running backs, what's going to happen with the running backs, running backs. Well, I think they wanted to answer that question, um, and they answered it emphatically. <laughs> DeAndre Swift is going to be the lead guy. Or at least he'll right now. For now, he's the lead guy. That was his first start with the Eagles, though. Yeah. So. Well, and think about it. With uh, with 2.44 to go, it was a 10-7 game, right? And the, the Vikings were moving to score the game. So 2.44 to go in the second quarter, good ball game. That's when Jefferson fumbled the ball over the pylon. Not only did they not get points, but the Eagles then moved sixty one moved in line for a 61-yard field goal for their kicker, Elliott, at the, at the buzzer before the half. So now it's 13-7. Then they come out, touchdown, touchdown, and it's 26-7, or 27-7 with – Gosh, about seven minutes of game time, and they went from ten seven to twenty seven seven. That's the quick strike it's a ability because uh, they they do because they once they once they get you you when they're once they're running the ball like they do in Philadelphia, then you you have to bring one of those safeties down in the box. Got to do something, Rod. Yeah, you can't just let them you know bleed you, you out on the ground. It. Yeah, <laughs> and that's when they hit Devontae Smith and and Jalen Hurts uh, does a great job of reading that single high safety when he does. You know, he'll take a shot. And he, and I thought he was very patient last night. If he doesn't see it, if he sees the two safeties deep, run the ball. Run the ball. And they did it over and over again. And then when they would get the single high, they'd take a shot. Now, the, the concern for the Eagles is that you had A.J. Brown, and their receiver kind of pitching a fit on the sidelines, emotion. He wasn't getting the ball because they were rolling coverage to him. And um, you know, I don't they, think it's a big deal. I don't either. It's it a heat-of-the-moment game. Yeah, just what, that, that happens on sidelines. It does. I mean, it happens everywhere. We've, you can have examples of that all over the NFL sure. every season. Cameras everywhere. Exactly. And, and uh, you've been on those sidelines. It's, it's a, these are competitive people. Yeah. They got that dog in them. Sometimes you got to separate your dogs. They get into it. Yeah. That never happened. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's <laughs> like, oh, okay, calm down, dog. Uh, remember that? The other, the other team. That's them. Okay. Yeah. yeah but you know, in Philadelphia, <laughs> they'll make a huge deal. Now, yeah. right after the tantrum was caught on, on, uh, on the Amazon cameras last night, then they then Jalen Hurts threw a touchdown to AJ Brown, but it was taken back by a penalty. Yeah, so, so. hey, that's kind of kind of you know that was kind of an olive branch there. It's like hey, it's not official, but hey, man, I'm still looking at you. So how about this little stat for Jalen Hurts though? After last night, Jalen Hurts has not passed for 200 yards in 19 of 39 starts. That's damn near half his starts. 
uh, including four or five uh, since the you start looking at it. You start looking at like, uh, and you all look at since like the first first postseason. Um, that's been the case. So he runs a lot. I mean, they they throw the ball, but it's usually kind of those shot plays downfield. But other than that, they just kind of hit you with body blows. They're yeah. a body blow team, and then they throw haymakers. That's what they do. Body blows is the running game, and then they'll just throw haymakers downfield. Well, I mean, that's obviously your chief competition for the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. Uh, fantasy owners love Jalen Hurts because he only threw 470 yards or 193 yards, but he had 26 fantasy points because he scored two touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. On right. the unstoppable <laughs> tush push. There you go. And he ran for 70 so or he, 40, or, you know, 35 yards, two touchdowns. He's a machine that way. And I thought he was very patient last night. I think he's going to take what they give him. Now, DeAndre Swift has to stay healthy because they're a little bit banged up. Um, you know, he we that was the question of yesterday: who's going to carry the ball for the Eagles? The answer is pretty simple: DeAndre Swift, who they acquired from the Lions on draft night. Um, to replace um, Miles Sanders, who moved on to the Carolina Panthers via free agency. I mean, they so, do have the best O-line in the NFL, too. Well, they, we, I, think we, they, I think we forget that. And I think if you combine they, O-line, D-line, they've got the best lines of scrimmage yes. between them so, and San Francisco. I think that helps the running game, too. Oh, big time. Well, they, yeah. that offensive line is elite. Um, and we did that, So that they're going to be tough to beat. And they're 2-0. and I already remember they started 11-0 last year. And if you're looking at the Eagles' schedule – uh, by the time I mean, the, by the time they play the Cowboys for the first time, they very well may be seven and zero because they beat they beat New England and Minnesota to start the season. They play Tampa Bay uh, coming up next week. They play the Washington Commanders, then at L.A. the Rams, then at the Jets, then a big matchup with the Miami Dolphins at Lincoln Financial on a Sunday night game. Then Washington ahead of their first matchup with Dallas in early November. You know those are all winnable games for them. The Miami game is the toughest of those, but. Tampa's not expected to be good this year, even though they beat Minnesota last week. Washington, not a great team. The Rams, I don't think, are a great team. The Jets now, without Aaron Rodgers. Then that Miami game looms, and then Washington Ugh. again. So The Miami game is going to be that's a big game. But for the Eagles, they got to get healthy. I mean, they got healthy mm. in their secondary, or else they're going to have some problems there against Miami. Against Miami, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Dolphins. So you, have, you, have, you have problems against Miami even with all hands on deck and everybody healthy because they can, man, they can run, run. And they are just next level. Well, and now we'll get to see the opportunity, you know, because uh, Minnesota does look like they're regressing to the statistical yeah, mean. It's not going to happen. You, can't, you go 11-0 and in one-score games on the way to a 13-win season. Now you're 0-2 to start the year in one-score games. Um, that's the regression. And now the Detroit Lions have a chance to to to, to battle the maybe the Green Bay Packers for that division because I don't think Chicago is no. what a lot of people thought they were going to be. And I, It's going to take them a little while. I don't think Minnesota – uh, can I ask you this question before the timeout? Because I was thinking about this while driving in the rain last night, trying to get home to see this game. Hey, it's a good thing. Just be careful. Let's just say the Minnesota Vikings oh. get off to a really rough start. They right? are, They're already off to an 0-2 start. Yeah. And the numbers are statistically historic and troubling. Um, history tells us teams that start 0-2 uh, between 2007 and last year, Rod, or 2021, 2007 and 2021, 12 of 125 teams who lost their first two games ended up in the playoffs. Just 12 of 125. That's like 10%. Uh, that is not good. That's not good. And if the Minnesota Vikings are regressing, they have, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins is playing into the final year of his deal. Would you consider trading Kirk Cousins to the Jets? Yeah, you should. Would you consider of saying, course. call yeah. the Jets? And when, when mm-hmm. the Cowboys demolish Zach Wilson and the Jets this weekend, would you consider calling and saying, you know what, we're we're kind of rebuilding but not rebuilding? We have Justin Jefferson, we've got Jordan Addison, we we've got some young talent, but we have mm-hmm. to rebuild our defense and improve our offensive line if we're going anywhere. Big picture, 
I think everybody can look at the Vikings last year and say they were kind of a fluke, fluky team with you know, all the blowouts oh, they man. took last year and the playoff loss to the New York Giants. And the comeback, we had the 33-point comeback. Yeah. Well, yeah, they won 13 games, but again, 11 one-score games. Yeah. But they, they got – remember when the Cowboys went in there on a, on a Sunday oh, night and just obliterated them? The Eagles obliterated them last year. The uh, yeah. uh, the, the, the playoff game. They, they yeah. lost it. They gave up – to, to the Giants. To the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> they got to rebuild their defense. Wouldn't, would you call the Jets and say, you know what, we got this guy, Kirk Cousins. He's pretty damn good. He's pretty I, damn good. Your Aaron Rodgers thing didn't work. You guys are kind of all in. I think you're right, but the only problem with that is you better do it quickly because there's rumors that the Rams could do it if their wheels come Stabber. off. Yeah, and that the Titans are thinking about, you know, if our wheels come off, we got to see what's up with this kid. Uh, was it Malik Willis, the, the the bag up there? And then they – Will Levis. Then Will Levis, yeah, and then Ryan Tannehill's like, hey, man, let's ship Ryan Tannehill out of here. Let's see what's up with these youngsters we got. Well, and the other part of that is, yeah. I mean, you'd have to get a quarterback and maybe get Zach Wilson in return if you make a trade. But remember, yeah. so you better hurry up. That's a good. No, I agree with you. You're right, but they're not the only team thinking that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. the Jets feel like with that fan base in the media in New York, you got to do something now. You hyped them up too much. Mode. Yeah, you hyped them up too much. Now they, now they're, now you're right. Now they want something. He's like they're, they're just salivating for something, for some success of any kind. So you got it. I'm with you. That's a good point. You you got to go all in now because you got this roster too with all these. Remember they had that great rookie class. Yes. And they want to sign that rookie class right now. You got, you got a Gardner, discount. Garrett Wilson. Yeah, you want to sign that group at one point. Right now you got them at a discount, but you're gonna have the highest paid receiver in the highest paid corner in the next what three four years. Well, and the problem is I don't know where the cap situation is for the for the uh, for the Jets, but it seems like they can work this out with Minnesota because Cousins is playing out. A one-year extension he signed with the Vikings. It's not a bad idea. During last season, it's worth thirty-five million. It's fully guaranteed, but uh, you can eat some of that if you're the Vikings to acquire some draft picks from the Jets, and um, we'll see. I know yeah. early drama, babe. You gotta yeah. have the soap opera, Rod. No, I love you gotta it. Gotta have That's, the soap opera. Because you, what, you, by the way, what, what do you always say? The quarterback days of our lives. <laughs> yeah, quarterback days of our lives, baby. Well, and and you have to consider that the, the Jets are are kind of all in. They have to be. And, you know, they, they might give you something good for Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins, as we saw Monday night with Josh Allen, the turnover machine. What do you call him? Red Hot Chili Pepper? Uh, give it, give away. it away, give it away, give it away now. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they showed in that game they don't need a Hall of Fame quarterback to win games in New York. They just need a pretty good quarterback, which is just what that guy is, Yeah, Kirk Cousins. He's pretty damn good. That's why Shannon liked him so much. Shanahan loved him. They wanted him in Washington, and he wanted him when he first got to San Fran, too. Loved him some Kirk Cousins because it's exactly what Shadow was. I need somebody to just manage this game. All right, can you manage the game within my system? That's all I need. Uh, but I, I love that idea. It's a good idea. Um, I'm with you on that. And this says Kirk Cousins can't play in primetime. Well, dude, he threw for 370 yards and four touchdowns. I, I know, but they should win. They talking about his, win, his, his record. As a, how about this? In primetime games, as an underdog, he's – Three and thirteen now in his last sixteen games, and against the spread, he's five and eleven um, in his last. Uh, I'm sorry, sixteen because last night accounts too. So five and eleven is like sixteen primetime games as an underdog or night games. Well, think about this because it's not great because Aaron Rodgers got hurt on the fourth play of the season for the Jets. Those draft picks, they're going to keep those draft picks, Rod. Or they're going to keep their first round pick. Yeah, because they he didn't play. I think he's going to play conditional. 70, sixty or seventy percent. Sixty five percent of the snaps. Yeah, something which like he's that. not going to do. Obviously, mm, not happening. And there's a second round pick that's contingent on sixty five percent of the snaps mm-hmm. too. So the Jets protected themselves if for this exact scenario. Yeah, so the, the Green Bay Packers lose on that one too. But it, well, I guess that means they, they would have on. a something like a second round pick that they could tr- send to 
the uh, to the to the Vikings to get this deal done or, or something like that. Uh, we'll see. That's that's they got, drama. yeah. They need O line help too. Yeah, that's a good point, Ricardo. Uh, they they need some. They need they need O line help. That's what they need to invest in. They've been cheap. There's certain things in life you don't skimp on, right? I always talk about it: surgery, condoms. Right, yeah. tools, <laughs> tools, tools is another thing you should skip go on. on cheap toilet tools. paper, don't go cheap toilet paper. Uh, don't skimp on the O line; it protects your most valuable asset. Yeah, insurance also. Don't skimp on well, it. Don't have to get the good stuff. If you're a Vikings fan, you don't want to give up on your season too soon. If you, but if you lose to the Chargers this next week in week three, because the Chargers are coming to town. If you default and start zero and three, then I think you start really thinking about it. And, and, oh yeah, zero and three because then you got no. Your zero and two stat says you got no shot. No zero shot. and three, man. Well, because no. remember they got they got the Chargers this week, which will be a tough game with with Justin Herbert. And they got ten days off to get ready for that game. Now then they go to Carolina to play the, the Panthers. Then Kansas City comes to town. I mean, you know, we'll see. Uh, there you go. There's the uh, the NFL is up and running for week two with a good game in Philadelphia last night. Take your thoughts. DeAndre Swift, Jalen Hurts, huge games. See, Philly can beat you just in so many ways. They're ver- yeah, they're pretty multiple. They're, vers- they're versatile in the ways they can win. That's the, you can shut down one part of their offense. They can beat you running the game. They, they, and they, they can beat you with defense. defense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if they can get healthy in their secondary. Because right now the Cowboys are much healthier, mm-hmm. even though they've got the Tyler Smith and the uh, Brandon Cooks injury. Cowboys, the acquisition of Stephon Gilmore, that guy stays healthy. Cowboys are going to be hard to move the ball on uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And that's what the, uh, the NFC is all about, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the 49ers as the three premier teams. All right, Defense. we come back. Uh, we'll go behind the burnt orange curtain for the first time on this Friday. It's a football Friday here on Hook 'Em Up. Rod will take us there. Also, uh, get you some what the facts just before the end of this hour. First of five, Austin's only morning sports conversation, five hours a day, five days a week, is right here on the Horn. Texas Sports, the Horn. We'll get you some what, uh, some what's the facts just before the top of the hour. We will also uh, dive in behind the burn orange curtain with Rod Babers coming up. And uh, getting ready for Texas and Wyoming tomorrow night. Here are the numbers, Rod. The last time the Longhorns started a season 3-0, and Mac Brown was the head coach. It was 2012. David Ash was the starting quarterback. Straight Ash homie? Straight Ash homie. That's my dog, man. And they started out 3-0, and including a thrilling yeah. win at Ole Miss. And mm-hmm. people were thinking, okay, Mac's got this thing back on track. Then they lost back-to-back games mm. to uh, West Virginia and Geno Smith. Oh, yeah, that was a thriller, though, right? Yeah, thriller. And mm-hmm. then they got trounced by Oklahoma. And a guy named Landry Jones, I believe it was, and Blake the Belldozer scored some touchdowns, and they hung a 60 big number on Texas. And uh, that season didn't end well. Uh, no they chance. also, and last time they were 4 0, which we're not looking ahead, but uh, you got Baylor and Wyoming as your next two games. Those two teams are beatable. 4 0 was 2011. Mm-hmm. If you're 2011, they started 4 0. Last time they started 5 0, Ron, 09. When they played for the national championship, oh nine, because that fifth game means you beat Oklahoma. Yes, good point. Typically, typically that fifth game means you've beaten the Sooners. And Oklahoma's looking much improved. Yes, they are. They look much. That defense. They'll, they'll be tested t- by Tulsa this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they won't. Yeah, they won't see a real test actually until they play Texas. I guess right. Uh, looking at their schedule, Cincinnati next Friday night mm, might be a game because I think the Bearcats are a pretty be. good program. That's a, that at least they're going to go on the road for the first time. 
and play a, a, a winning program that's already two and zero. Now okay. Luke, Luke Fickle's at Wisconsin now, but um, yeah, that I don't. I'm not saying that's one that, but that'll be a yeah. t- that'll be their best test before that'll Texas. Be their best test. Yeah, I don't think they really get tested. So we don't know if it's if it's there's any substance to it or how improved they are. But they are improved. I've been paying attention to Oklahoma. They've been, you know, now that Texas has gone past Alabama, I can't help but start looking toward the next toughest opponent. Yeah. And that's what I've been looking at. Well, the Longhorns, and Longhorns need to respect every opponent and prepare no for every opponent. But, but I can yes. look ahead. Yeah, you can. Man, they got to they gotta worry about th- this week. I can look ahead. Hey, for <laughs> those who are still under are struggling with the economics of the running back position, Rod, um, it's ugly, man. former Eagles running back Miles Sanders signed a contract in free agency with Carolina over six and a half, over $6 million. Mm-hmm. The cap number, by the way, the Eagles rushed for 260 yards last night as a team. 260. 260. With running backs with a combined cap number of under that. Three of them. Oh, yeah. Under $6 million with DeAndre Swift, Barton, Boston Scott, Rashad Penny, and Kenneth Gainwell. Those four running backs make less than Miles Sanders in this year, and they ran for 260 last night on Thursday Night Football. Oh, yeah. DeAndre Swift is the 32nd highest paid running back in the league. <laughs> and went for <laughs> a buck 75. Yeah. And a Talk score. Bang for your buck. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, that's what the why Eagles you about. don't pay running backs. That's what, and and, and the, you and should the, invest in your offensive yeah. line. And the Cowboys are still, there you go, ding, ding, ding. Right? Don't, some, certain things in life you don't skimp on. Uh, and the Cowboys, even though they have, you know, I think made the uh, the the necessary adjustments with as it relates to the running back position and their salary cap, uh, they still are paying the running back position a lot because technically you got hit the set the franchise tag on Tony Pollard. Yeah, he's making ten million. So he makes, <laughs> so he makes but he's an important piece he to is, what they're so doing this year. That, I love this. They did what they had to do, but in terms of just the numbers, yeah, you are paying ten million, and it's still some dead money going to Zeke, I believe too. Yeah. All right, uh, and as you said, the versatility of the Eagles in week one, DeAndre Swift had one carry for three yards. Isn't Last that crazy? night, yeah, they needed him. Week, in, the, in week one, A.J. Brown had a good game. In this game, A.J. Brown didn't, have to, didn't do much of all. Yeah, it was They've got a Smith lot of ways to up. beat you. They really can. Man, that's, that's the beauty of the, the Eagles' blueprint is that there's not really one way that they're beating you. It's really the line, the lines of scrimmage are most, probably the most common r- way they win and reason they win. And the quarterback who can beat you with his legs and his arms. And yeah. That, that, that quarterback sneak is impossible to stop. And you know, teams, push, you know teams are practicing for it. They, they know it's coming, and they still can't stop it because well, it's— Well, because the best O-line in the league. And Best Kelsey. Of, and, and, and you got a power lifter at quarterback. Yes. Who it's, can squat a Volkswagen. A lot of unique variables. <laughs> a lot of unique variables that are essentially that are adding to it being an unstoppable play on short yardage situations. So other teams, they want to try it, but they don't have all those I, unique variables we talked about. They don't have them all. I think it's one of the reasons <laughs> that the Cowboys drafted Mozzie Smith, one of the strongest players at the point of attack coming out of the draft in a long time to see if he can help mm. help in that regard. We'll see. He ain't ready for that. He can't block three dudes. He ain't ready for, he ain't ready for it right now. No, he ain't. Hey, let's <laughs> Who go is, b- though? Who is? Who is? Uh, two touchdowns running for Jalen Hurts last night on that same play. Let's go behind the burn orange curtain and talk some Texas football. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, Steve Sarkeesian had his media availability yesterday, uh, spoke about a number of different topics, or I should say asked about a number of different topics, um, and he addressed them. Um, We'll start with the offensive line, which had an amazing performance versus Alabama. Uh, Zero sacks allowed, uh, fewer than three pressures, first O-line to do that versus Bama since 2014. I mean, it was a, considering the jump, the leap in improvement from week one versus Rice to week two versus Bama, uh, it was really really impressive one of the things that um sark addressed was the rotation um at guard between dj campbell 
um, and um, Con- and Hay- Hayden Connor. Oh Hayden. no, and Cole Hudson. Cole Hudson. Cole Hudson. Sorry, Cole, Cole Hudson. Uh, here is Sark addressing the uh, rotation of those guys. I'm okay where we're at right now. Like you said, they both played well Saturday night. Um, you know, I, I think for both of them, it, it might. It's not the worst thing that they're rotating a little bit. And DJ, this is kind of his first real experience playing. Um, for Cole coming off of you know some off-season surgeries and, and getting his getting his body in shape, and in the end. You know, there's no telling other things could happen on the offensive line where injuries and different things potentially could occur down the road. And both those guys are getting really valuable experience and they're both maximizing their opportunities when they're on the field. So I'm okay right now uh, with where we're at and we'll just continue to monitor that situation as we go. Um, Yeah, so I I think it's a good thing. You got two guys that you you trusted enough to play versus Alabama on the road in Tuscaloosa. And that means now you essentially believe you got six starters on the O-line. You want eight guys that you can rotate at, at one point or another, maybe matchup-wise, situational-wise, whatever it may be. Uh, you definitely know you got six now. And I think they're working on trying to see and solidify who those other two are going to be. I know they use Malik Ogbo when they do the six O-line package. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be one of the guys rotating in and out, but uh, they do use him in a six O-line package. But I think that's a this is a first-world problem we're talking about here. Yeah. <laughs> right? Having too many offensive I got linemen? Two, I, got, I got two guys who basically can, can, they can be starters for me. I got to figure out in what situation and what matchup which of them is going to give us the best way to the best uh, uh, best game plan um, and the most effective way to execute that game plan. And my naked eye on this rod watching it, you could do it with your deep dive, but it feels to me like DJ Campbell's better in the run blocking the run game, more of a road grader and maybe Mm -hmm. Hayden Connor or excuse me, Cole Hudson a little bit better in the pass protection. That's true, but Um, you don't want to give it away though. You you don't want to give it away, give it away, give it away. You you need to be versatile (laughs) and be able to be both. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that is a good problem. That's a first-world problem, without a doubt, for Texas. To, and that's, to me, one of the big keys or big, big things you're watching for in this game. Uh, I don't want Texas to bang their head against the wall trying to trying to you know run the ball early against Wyoming. I'd like to see them come out and, and take advantage of their weapons against Wyoming's mm-hmm. secondary. But at some point, as the, if you can stretch the lead out, try to get physical. See if you can establish that line of scrimmage, get some continuity with that group, continue to build it as you begin Big 12 Conference play the following week. Yeah, Sark, um, I, I, I'm not sure if he's going to be stubborn about the running game. The best game plan going against Wyoming would be to attack their secondary. Even they have acknowledged that's their weakness and their strength is Easton Gibbs, their middle linebacker. Uh, they got some really good defensive ends. Both are veteran defensive ends, too, which they brag about, too, being one of the strengths of the team. I think his name is Braden. One of them is Braden Siders, and the other one is Devon Harris. Uh, Devon Harris is a preseason all-conference uh, selection. Uh, they also have two D tackles that are pretty good. Jordan Bartignol, who's a also an all-conference selection, preseason all-conference selection, and the nose tackle, who they think is better uh, then Bartigno, who's Cole Godbolt, and he's actually pretty good too. So they that's the strength. The secondary, mm, they, they got a lot of pieces that they're trying to, you know, put together, and it's still a work in progress, which Coach um, Craig Bowles even admitted and the defensive coordinator admitted Texas' strength is obviously their weapons. I mean, very few teams in the country can match up with them in terms of their receivers, X-Men, A.D. Mitchell, J.T. Sanders, Jay Witt as well. Yeah, I I know Sark wants to he wants to you know infuse some consistency and confidence in the running game, but it it, it would be in my opinion counterproductive to go in there and just say you know what this is we gotta we gotta pound the rock 
It's like, well, you, you, your weakness is going up against their strength. And you should you should have their their weakness have to match up against your strength. And right now, I think it may be the opposite. If he decides to run the ball, I'm not saying you can't run it versus Wyoming. I think you can, um, but it it that's the tougher route. That's working harder, not smarter. There you go. Yeah, and with uh, C.J. Baxter being a game time decision with another injury, I don't think we even know what the injury is. Um, he got hurt with a rib injury against Rice, uh, left that game in the second quarter. And then in this game, it, you know, it was Jonathan Brooks who closed it out uh, with those, you know, 12, and the, that 12 play drive in the fourth quarter. And then what you saw if you're watching the Longhorn Network postgame show was CJ Baxter kind of hobbling off the field. And uh, now he's listed as, you know, kind of a game time. I, you know, is it is would it be smarter to make sure he's healthy for for conference play and try to use your other backs in this game tonight and use your weapons to beat a Wyoming team? Uh, but by the way, my Wyoming also Rod might be looking at uh, their big picture as well because they're off to a two and zero start of beating a Big Twelve team already. They need to be thinking about the Mountain West Conference as well if they've got some guys that are a little nicked up. Well, yeah, because I hear the quarterback uh, Peasley is his name, Andrew Peasley. Andrew Peasley. Um, he he's dealing with a shoulder injury right now, and he's pretty, he's the lifeblood of that offense. He makes a lot of plays, gritty. gritty. Pro- yes, exactly. Gritty gamer. Makes, makes a lot of plays in crucial moments. He's not necessarily a great quarterback, uh, but he, he is a playmaker at that position for them. And, yeah, they're they're pretty good. They're going to think about making a run in the uh, Mountain West Conference. So they may, it may they may limit his run game. He actually is a big runner for them. He actually, You know, you can argue versus in the first two games of the season, he's been their most productive runner, uh, whether it be quarterback design runs or him scrambling. Uh, all right, speaking of the run game, let's get back to Texas run game. Here's Sark when he was asked uh, about the other uh, Texas running game. I mean, I think at the end of the day for us from a run game standpoint, I want to see consistency. Uh, you know, and with consistency comes a level of physicality. Um, we, we've got to, we have to move people off the line of scrimmage. And, um, you know, I just don't think that we've been quite consistent enough in that aspect of our game. Um, again, I love the fact that we were able to run the ball the way that we did with seven minutes to go and run it when, when Alabama knew we were going to run the ball but I sure would like to have that mentality in the first quarter of a game and, and to go out and, and run the football the way that I think we're capable of. So when you talk about making improvements, uh, that's definitely one of them for us where I think we can improve as a football team. Um, but that goes hand in hand with our ability to pass the football as well, that we, we need to find that balance on, an, on our offense um, because that's when we're at our best. All right, there you go. See, he did. He said it. I was said it before. He wants to see some consistency in the running game. I know sometimes I sound like a coach. That's exactly what he said. I want to see some consistency in the running game. So I, there's a there's a chance he could be stubborn in this game, but he brought up the passing game there too. So we don't know. We have no idea exactly how coach is going to, uh, to approach it. All right, one more of the cut before we get to the break here. This is important. We've talked about how you know this team had now has a new challenge about uh, you know they've they've achieved such a monumental goal, which is beating Bama. And that's not the end goal, but that's one of their, you know, one of their short-term goals on the way to accomplishing their long-term goal, which is to winning the Big 12 and then hopefully uh, competing for a, the ultimate championship. But they they haven't had the chance to handle success like this in a while because they haven't <laughs> had it in a long time. Um, here is Sark uh, talking about uh, the players-only meeting, apparently, that was called by Quinn Ewers, um, and this players-only meeting was to address how to handle success. Yeah, you know, what I thought was really cool this week, you know, we did our traditional uh, Monday morning meeting where we recap the game, and, uh, you know, I, I show, you know, about 
18 or so plays to the entire team, coachable moments, teachable moments, or things that we did well. Um, and then I turn the page in that meeting and I get into what I think it's going to take this week to play well. Uh, and interestingly enough, I got a text from Quinn later that day. Do you mind if we have a players only meeting Tuesday morning before we start? Um, and so of course, you know, so the fact that, you know, Quinn, that leadership committee wanted to have a players only meeting to make sure that they were reiterating the message about getting refocused on what we need to do this week. I thought was, it was a great sign for us. Yeah, and we got the Jalen Ford tweet from a couple of days ago. Uh, all right, now I'm done. It's all rat poison. He understands that, you know, everybody patting you on the back and all the celebrations. That's for the fans. That's for us. That's for the fans, and that's for those on the outside looking in. You guys inside that locker room, y'all got to stay focused. That's just that's just one uh, of your, like I said, one goal, short-term goal that you accomplished on your way to the long-term goal. Stay focused. Your, respect every opponent yeah. and prepare uh, for each one the same way. I love it. And as I said to Patrick Davis yesterday out of Wings Up, um, you know, the, all the guys that, that you, you hear him talking about um, as leaders, like Quinn Yours, mm-hmm. um, Jalen Ford, Jaylen Ford mm-hmm. Christian Jones, these guys aren't planning on being here next year. This is it for them. They're yep. done. I mean, JT Quinn Sanders. Yours wants to be in the draft in April. Yeah. Uh, this is so, you know, we're, all, you can, all you guys are excited about the SEC. We're not going to be in the SEC. We're, we want to win this year. Yep. That's what you like to hear because that but, comes from the locker room. Yeah, this is their, their, their swan song in the Big 12. They're trying leave to a send legacy. Texas off. Yeah. You want to, listen, you want to leave it better than you found it. That was that was our goal. And I was like, man, we got to leave it better than we well, found and, it. You know, yeah, leave it, it better than you found it. And Sark treats it like a business in a lot of ways with yeah. these young guys is, and they want to improve their draft stock. I mean, they want they yeah. want to improve their their their. If, if that individually helps the team, obviously, uh, and Jalen Ford is doing just that. Christian Jones with his performance last week against Alabama did that. Uh, a lot of these guys. Usually, the players only meeting is a bad thing. I compare it to marriage counseling or you know couples <laughs> couples therapy. Usually, it's because things are going wrong. That's why you have the players only meeting. But you know, ain't nothing going ain't nothing wrong with going to therapy uh, when things are going yeah, right. Just make sure everybody and in the locker room is yeah, is not is, is understanding so what the, the goal is. This is exception to that rule. I know I've always said that. This is the exception. Because well, coming that off one. that win, there's a lot of distractions for for yeah. th- that you could fall into. Uh, all right, we'll come back when we do some just the facts on our way to the top of the hour. Talking Texas football. The big Philadelphia win last night. Cowboys, Jets on Sunday. Uh, we'll preview it all with you, Ian Rod B on a Friday. Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, the Horn. Ian Rod B, hook them up on a Friday. Not as uh, wet today. You know, I told you earlier in the week, Rod, we could. There's a good chance for a good soaking rain. Safe to say we got that yesterday. Good it's soaking good, rain. We needed it. Uh, especially south. And, uh, oh. man, we got some, we got a ton of rain. Had high school football games. We're dodging delays and postponements it's last right. night. It's all right. Go make them up. Not complaining. It's okay. No complaints. Just uh, observations. We need to happen. We absolutely need the rain. But uh, <laughs> be careful out there. Sounds like the roads are a mess again this morning. We'll have Don Miller with the traffics. And uh, time for some what's the facts or just what the facts. What the facts. What the facts. What the facts, man. What the facts. It says here, Rod, I don't, that, that according to this, it is a fact that jorts are officially <laughs> back in style. Is that right? Jean shorts. Um, I've seen actually, yeah, I saw some. Gen last, Z is apparently I, obsessed with jorts. Saw some last night at, at wing at wings up on a man. Oh. No, on a woman. Okay, I'm fine with the short. I mean, come on, who? What's better than that down on game day? The short Daisy Duke tight some cutoffs. Boots on? And da- yeah, cowboy, the boots. cowboy boots on. All in. Oh yeah, I'm all about it. But you talking about for dudes? Dudes. Oh, dudes in jorts. No. 
Dudes in jorts. Um, nah, that's I can't. No, no, no. I cannot support that. I can't advocate for that. <laughs> you can't that's, advocate for no, jorts. Nah, nah. You don't wear shorts very often at all, anyway. I don't wear shorts pretty much. That was the last time you saw me in shorts. I haven't. Never. Yeah, there you go. Is there a reason I, I for that? Nah, I just you know I. Mm, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable in shorts. I don't think I look good in shorts, so I never wear shorts, even in the summer in Texas. Very rarely. Even when I work out, I wear pants. Interesting. I wear pants. I wear pants and long sleeves when I work out. Only thing showing when I work out is my, my neck and up and my hands. That's okay. it. Okay. That's even in the summer. I don't know. I'm weird. I don't wear shorts. I don't, I'm a weird person. I agree with this. I don't wear shorts a lot, and I live in Texas. That's that you go. What the facts? What the facts? <laughs> well, I'm assuming what if you are facts? a dude, an adult male, an adult male, like kids, I don't mean if you're a kid, you can wear whatever you want. Cut, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you cut, take your blue jeans and cut them off. I'm fine with that. You yeah. can wear them down to the creek, man. I you get, can it, get man. dirty. Do you think? It's too damn hot to wear jeans to the thing when you're out playing. I get it. But adult male, I mean, if you're wearing jorts, that means you're you probably have a braided belt and you wear socks with your <laughs> sandals. <laughs> uh, Not to be judgy. No, I, I'm with you, but I, yeah, I, I can't. I don't like jorts. Jorts on the guy, that's probably not the move. But you know what? You just don't. Just some people out there like, whoa, well, come on, man. The mic, I got where I go to. Are we talking about the jorts that are like, are these like <laughs> the kind of jorts that you hemmed up? Are we talking about the raggedy jorts where you cut some jeans? No, and- these are actual jorts. Like they made them this way. And they made like them this way. You bought, shorts, you bought them. Denim shorts. You, bought, you didn't cut jeans and turn them yeah, into jorts. I'm, I'm okay with the cut jeans, man. Yeah, that means you're just using a garment, making uh, it extend its life. <laughs> you, you, I'm you, a say you, out, you outgrew them. Or <laughs> no, you went to the store and you bought g- denim shorts. No, can't happen. Okay. But there apparently uh, the right. Gen Z likes it. Well, yeah, God, girls go. for sure. It's become the trendy it deal for the girls. Uh, yeah. What do you have on what the facts, Rod? Wow, that was funny. Um, okay, how about this one? You talked about how bad the uh, the game, the slated games was this, uh, weekend? this yeah. weekend. Not good. How about this? 15 of the 23 ranked teams playing Saturday are either facing an FCS opponent and or favored by at least 24 points. Yes. <laughs> the only ranked teams favored by seven points or fewer are K-State at Missouri and Tennessee at Florida. Yeah, so there you go. T- you take your take your lady your, on a date, yeah. date for Saturday. <laughs> there you go. As we talked about, it is not good. Not good. Hey, how about this? Jalen Hurts now has 28 career rushing touchdowns. That's tied for the most through a quarterback's first 50 games in NFL history. Uh, it's his. Uh, he's got 28 touchdowns, and how many of them are on that tush push? It's unbelievable. That I would like to see that because yeah, I mean honestly, in terms of first down, the first down touchdown rate of the tush push has got to be unbelievable. They get a first down damn near every time they do it, and when they're on the goal line, they get a touchdown. Well, and damn near and every on time fourth they do and it. short, if they've crossed misfield midfield, they almost go for it all the time. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why, why, Just can't why stop it? <laughs> why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Well, on the stat you made, gave yesterday, what the facts, Rod? Justin Jefferson did he, eclipse 5,000 career receiving yards. He marks 52 games into his career that ties the Hall of Famer Lance Allworth for the fewest games needed to get to 5,000. Yeah, no. It's also He's... his fifth career game of 10 receptions and 150 yards receiving. That's the most by any player before his 25th birthday. Yeah, him and uh, Randy Moss, the only players in NFL history with 5,000-plus career receiving yards prior to turning 25. And he started off the season with 250-plus yard games already. He had 9 for 150 in Week 1. Week 2, 11 for 159. Yeah, he had <laughs> uh, a machine. Yeah, 11 for 159. <laughs> but that fumble at the goal line right at the pylon was a costly play in this yeah, football game. We'll recap that coming up. Also, the other scores from the night, including uh, baseball, Rangers, Capital, what a week they had. What a series in Toronto. We'll talk some uh, pennant race baseball, some NFL, some college football. And this is John Cena.
is a jorts legend. <laughs> Single-handedly keeping them cool to wear. There you go. Way to go, John uh. Cena. We'll be back. It is hour two of five, five hours a day, five days a week here on Hook'em Up.